In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, when I was in seminary, I had a professor who liked to pass out note cards and ask us questions and have us answer them on those little note cards and share them. And in one of our first classes, he said, handed out his little note card and said, write down why you have come to seminary. Tell me the reason, one, the main reason you have come to seminary. And of course, all of us first year students, we answered and said, well, we came here to learn how to be a priest. We came here to learn about the services. We came here to learn about the history of the church, to learn more about the church. And after all of us had finished, our professor stood at the front and he said, whether you know it or not, you have come to seminary to learn how to pray. You've come to seminary to learn how to pray. And he was right. St. Theophan the Recluse says, prayer is the test of everything. If prayer is right, everything is right. And we've come to this time of the church year called the Lenten Triodian. And we are just a couple of weeks from Great and Holy Lent. And everything that the church does, especially this intense time of year through the Triodian, through Great Lent, everything that the church does is meant to teach us how to pray. Because prayer is where we really meet God. Prayer is where we really learn and know God. And that's what eternal life is, right? Christ says this is eternal life, that you know God. And so much of the other stuff is just knowing about God. We really know God in prayer. And so we come to this time of year to learn how to pray. And we have this first lesson in the Lenten Triodian with the publican and the Pharisee, two different types and ways to pray. And the Pharisee, who should know how to pray, walks into the, into the temple, walks probably to the very front of the temple, and he basically prays like this, God, I am so thankful, I am awesome. <laughs> I am way better than everyone else. I am doing so well with the fast. I am doing so well at attending services. I am really great, better than that guy especially. That's what he did. And that's why Christ says in the, in the parable, he says he prays thus with himself. Because what did that man learn about God in his prayer? Nothing. In fact, he learned that him, he himself was God because he was the one that was so awesome instead of God being the one who is above all. And so we need to learn how to change our way of thinking and to change our manner of prayer. And St. Basil the Great, one of the great prayers out there, he says that there are five things that our prayer needs to contain. And you can remember on your hand, and in fact, while you're praying, you can even mark them down as you're going through your normal prayer life so that you can remember that you have those, these five particular aspects of your prayer so that you are learning specifically how to pray, how to engage and interact with God so you know more and more about God. You know God in your own person. So those five things. The first thing that we need to do in our prayer is to give praise to God, 
to recognize who he is. And you know, the publican did this. The tax collector did this. He didn't go all the way up to the front of the temple. He stayed in the back, and he couldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven because he approached God knowing who God is. The king, the creator, the master, the person that we call in the anaphora, ineffable, incomprehensible, ever existing and eternally the same. We need to start our prayers and have in mind in our prayers who God is in compared to us. We are not awesome. God is awesome in the fullest expression and the way what that word means. So we praise God. The second thing that we need to do in our prayers is to give thanks to God to give thanks to God for what he has done for us. And we do this in the Divine Liturgy. We thank him for all the many things throughout the course of, of all of history that he's done for us. But in our personal prayers, we can even thank him for everything. We can thank him that we got up for another morning. We can thank him for the Divine Liturgy. We can thank him for allowing that light to stay green just a little bit longer when I'm in a hurry. We can thank him for all of the little things that happen throughout our life so that we are actually engaging him on a very practical and particular basis. So we give thanks to God. We praise God. We give thanks to God. The third thing that we do is we ask for forgiveness. All of the time in our prayers, we ask for forgiveness. Now, we should come to confession on a regular basis and confess our sins and ask for the prayers and guidance of the priest, but we should also, on a daily basis and perhaps more than once a day, ask for God's forgiveness of our sins so that that, again, helps us to recognize who we are and who God is and the fact that we need him because we cannot conquer our sinfulness ourselves unless we turn to him in repentance. And of course, that was the big thing that this tax collector did. Forgive me, be merciful to me, a sinner, recognizing our sinfulness. So we give praise to God, we thank God, and we ask for his forgiveness. The fourth thing that we do in our prayer is we pray for others. We pray for others, and so it's important for us to even notice and recognize the people that are around us so that we can see their needs. We're not just focusing on ourselves and how great we are, or even not focusing on ourselves only and what we need, but we're looking at others and recognizing and seeing their needs as well. And finally, that last thing that we do, all five of these things, we praise, we give thanks, we uh, ask forgiveness, we intercede for others, then we ask for God's help for ourselves. And after we have praised him and give thanks, given thanks to him and asked for his forgiveness and prayed for others, we can really then know what we would need to pray for ourselves. I think after going through that long list, the Pharisee, at least I would hope not, wouldn't just start praying, and I'm so awesome. He would instead turn to himself and know exactly how he needs to in encounter God, exactly the things that he needs to ask for help and assistance in because he's been reminded of who God is, how he's helped him, uh, how much he needs him, how much others need him, and how much he himself needs him as well. So in, those, in our prayer, we learn to address God. We learn to know God, and every single thing we do during Great Lent is meant for us to do that, to know God and therefore to learn really how to pray. And when we follow those five things that St. Basil the Great 
encourages us in our prayer, it's not just during our time of prayer that we do that, but then our whole life becomes a life of prayer because then we praise God all of the time when we see beautiful things throughout the day. We thank God all the time, not just in the moments when we stop to pray, but as practical things happen to us. We ask for forgiveness all of the time as we fall short of the glory of God in our sinfulness. We ask for prayers for others all of the time when we come across people who are in need. And we ask for God for mercy ourselves all of the time because we recognize that we need it. And so in following those five things that St. Basil tells us to do in our prayer, our whole life becomes prayer. And then we've succeeded in doing Lent. Not because we've fasted so greatly, and I hope you do, not because we attend all of the services, and I hope that you do, but because we have learned how to pray. We have done those things for what they are for, to teach us to pray. May our whole life be prayer, just like that publican, so that when we approach God, we can approach him truly and ask for his mercy and therefore ourselves know him. May our Lent be successful. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.